0: Is let God define success and the greatest treasure is hearing his voice not just looking at any everything like right and wrong like left and right but this way um, like heaven to earth and like we're moving with him and so if I know God is with me in my heart you know if I'm keeping that he's gonna yeah. keep me straight you know um, so that you know, it's less about, am I going to get it wrong? Am I, am I making the wrong choice? You know, cause when, especially when you're going yeah. into something new, am I making the wrong choice? But it's more like, I know he's with me and there's, and so that's really put you on the place of discovery then. Welcome to the Called Forth Podcast. This is the place where we help
1: ambitious women of faith to activate and break through the belief structures holding them back. I'm your host, Dawn Town, author of the book, hashtag more than done speaker, wife, and mama four. I'm going to show you how to go from stuck to called forth while connecting to the full expression of who God has made you to be and make this season your season in your life and your business. I believe God has called you forth from the very beginning and this is your season of awakening and activation. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Called Forth podcast. Today I have Jade Lozo on the episode. I'm so excited because we've We've done Fearless Conversations before, we've done recording before, but this is your first guest episode on my podcast. So thanks for agreeing to come on, and I'm so excited to start our conversation. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks for having me, and I, that's what I was going to say, is this has taken me back to the days where we would do Fearless Conversation okay. and you just show up, and so you're, we're showing up again. Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
1: Well, really, even what started me wanting this episode was, I read a testimony where you kind of like laid out your life story in written form. And I was just so moved. And because we've known each other a long time, of course, I've known pieces of your story and, or, and I've known a lot of your story. But then when I saw it out in written form, I was like, Jade has been through a lot. And I'm like, this is just so powerful just to see what you've overcome and where you're at right now. And I was, I just felt like I was moved. And if I moved, like I know the call for the audience would be moved. So I was just wondering if you could just kind of start off and tell us a little bit about your story and then we can kind of dive into what I know God has brought forth from the things that you've walked through and like the lessons that you've learned along the way and just a little yeah. bit of kind of start and share.
0: Well, yeah, you know, it was really a healing process, even writing out my testimony, because it, it just kind of brought me back into not only what I've experienced, but the beauty, like the treasure that came out of it. And even going back and going through what looks like just those moments in your life that were hard was the treasure, I guess, that you get from it. And for me, that was like the voice of God and what he spoke to me and a part of who he is became mm-hmm. more a part of who I am and and, and receiving him and who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember one of the first, uh, like I, I would have lots of dreams when I first got saved in one dream I remember when I was taking down a snake it was like kind of an action dream I guess but I remember someone saying do you have the names of God and what's interesting even Mm -hmm. as I wrote out my testimony and just coming into those moments it's really it was just the names of like who God is and and you know I know he has so many different names but Mm -hmm. when we get to know him in different parts of, I I guess I realized that part of our broken hearts being filled are knowing who he is and like those things becoming real and really becoming a tangible thing that fills those places of our broken heart. Mm -hmm.
1: So how did you first come to know the Lord? Like what was your um, salvation story in that sense?
0: Yeah. So, well, I grew up in church, sort of like my, my grandmother would take me on Wednesdays. And so, um, I was aware of Jesus and I think it really did help me to know who I was praying to. You know, I remember mm-hmm. I would say the same like prayer every night, like when I was younger, like keep my family safe, healthy, and happy. And like, mm-hmm. I, it was, that was pretty much my, my prayer life. Um, mm-hmm. but I, it's like, I knew there was someone to pray to and I knew of Jesus a little bit. Um, but really it wasn't until I would say after my dad passed away, that desire had come back again to like maybe start going to church, but it wasn't until I encountered God, not just in church, but more personally, like it wasn't like, Oh, my relationship's only, it's only alive. If I'm going to church, it was, uh, really just encountering like the love of God and it not being like a, let's go sit through a service. But it was when I had moved to Nashville and really I guess, a place where the Holy Spirit was really free to move. And um, it was during the song, In Christ Alone. And if you know that song, it's, uh, it's just beautifully written. It's really, what, it's really the gospel in a song. But it, um, one part of the song that really gripped my heart was when it would talk about no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. That's one part. But it was when it was talking about scorned by the ones he came to save. And then the next verse is talking about basically those who killed him, but he really came to save them. And it was just this like realization of like, you know what? I was one of those, like in my day, I might've crucified Christ, you know, but then the realization of like my sinful state and, but this holy God that like loves me is literally pursuing my heart in this moment. Um, just colliding. And I've teared up in church before, but it was like, I just remember that moment. It was like, I could not, Hold back the tears, and um, at first I'm like, you know, oh gosh, I'm gonna make a scene. But then it was like, whoa, this wave of like Mm -hmm. God's love and just meeting me where I was. It just the floodgates were open, and I something just shift happened. I think just I was just changed, and I had a the love of God, you know. So the things Mm -hmm. before were it just was kind of like a lights on moment. Of course, there was a lot of things to flush out, but. You know, sometimes you just have those moments where, you know, something, something
1: happened. Right. And how old were you when this happened?
0: I was 19 and I had just moved to Nashville to pursue a dream of being an artist, a country artist. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I should have probably said this a little bit earlier, but you've had, you know, experience in the entertainment industry as a worship leader, like here, God's very much given you this musical gift and obviously many gifts along the way. Um, so... Could you maybe talk a little bit about that? Like, so you moved to Nashville, you meet your, hu- your husband <laughs> and you get married, right? Yep. And so were you 19 then when you met Aaron or 20?
0: Yes, I think. Yeah. 19. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's funny because, um, when, you know, I started going to church here and there after my dad passed away, but I, it was very like hit and miss and Um, I do remember a time in my life when I desired to, um, like, there was a desire, like, okay, there's the right thing, but I never had, like, the, the, the strength or, like, the thing to, like, really stand temptation, I guess, if that's, if you will. But the reason why I'm saying this is because I just remember this time in my life where my desire to, like, I just really wanted to do something. I had such a desire for significance. And, and I think maybe it was partly some of the stuff i had experienced, you know, my mom and dad divorced when I was three, but there was always like this disconnection in families. And I've been through, my family has been through a lot of divorces. And so there's just been like not a sturdy foundation, shifting and, and changing. And, and even my first relationship I had, it was like being, just holding on to it for dear life, you know, because I didn't want to experience loss again. And being able to, I guess, let go and heal from that and even just the experiences growing up and shifting new stepdads to brothers and you know you're my brother oh no you're not my brother like how does how does that work and there was a desire like I think finally after that relationship broke off it was like for the first time because I was I planned my life around him. I'm like okay when I graduate from high school I'm gonna go to your boyfriend. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna go I'm I'm gonna move to Puerto Rico and just do nursing because that was the safe bet because I sorta had an interest. Well after high school, you know, after the relationships broke off, yeah. and then going into school. Like I did a month of 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 college and I actually did better than I thought I would. And I kind of was, mm-hmm. you know, building confidence. But I'm like, this is not this. I, I have this desire, like this desire. Like at that time I was singing karaoke all the time. After my dad had passed away, actually that was the first time I had stage fright so bad. I remember trying out for solos and I would face, I'd be like, Can I can I face back? Like, don't face the people, you know, oh, really? and my voice yeah. would still shake and I hardly got any was in school, but it was really, after my dad passed away, um, I was supposed to sing, he had gotten married just a few years before he passed away, and I was supposed to sing a song, When You Say Nothing At All, an Alison Krauss song, I was supposed to sing it at his wedding and I chickened out, um, and it was like, not super formal, so he could <laughs> reception I was going to sing that Mm -hmm. song you know Mm -hmm. and I never did but then after he passed away I did a little recording of that song Mm -hmm. and so but it just released something in me I'm like life's too short Mm -hmm. I love to sing and so it did help me to get through a fear of what others think and even um, and I did remember the first time I sang karaoke even um, when my dad was there I was singing that song that's why I wanted to sing that song again but just the response like people it was like oh it was like I was seen or appreciated or mm-hmm. maybe I don't know what it stirred up in me and mm-hmm. I something I, I love to do but that it seemed valued mm-hmm. So I think it was yeah just the realization I'm like okay I love to sing um, why don't I do it more and I just I would just sing all the time then I did the Falcon Follies and then just karaoke all the time and finally I, I remember the I guess a moment really that, helped me shift like how do you pursue a dream like that you're in a small town like what does that look like Mm -hmm. Um, my friend and i had met 38 special and i just uh, started talking to the uh, keyboard player and it was like get your ducks in a row go do voice lessons and get to nashville and Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so i was that's really when i'm like okay this is what i'm doing Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: so the only person i could think of who can do voice lessons in my area i was thinking oh leonard shantz from harmony bible church and And it was really beautiful because my grandmother had helped when his um his wife was passing away from a sickness and and my grandma would go and help out and um it was just so sweet i didn't expect leonard to do it but he just he just welcomed me in you know and didn't even Mm. charge me anything and gave me these voice lessons and what was really beautiful is he's he said you know the best way to to get started. It's just to do it. So he would start having me sing like a song on a Sunday and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, so I just jumped right into it. Um, and really at that time, like I remember my last lesson before moving to Nashville, cause this was kind of like, this is my step before I moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, and the last lesson I had with him, he prayed with me and gave me all this Christian music. And, mm-hmm. and of course me, I'm like, well, that's really nice of you, but you know, I'm going to, I didn't say this out loud, but I'm thinking I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm going to be a country artist, you know, like, Mm -hmm. this is nice, you know. Um, But he really sowed a seed because little did I know Mm -hmm. when I got to Nashville, the Holy Spirit just, you know, I mean, I had a total um, shift in awakening. And I, you know, when the love of God comes in your heart, it just really does come to a point of like I was faced with like, am I going to continue things that tied me to my old life or Mm -hmm. move me into the future? And so part of that was... You know, there was a lot of music I would listen to that like were so entangled into my emotions that I would listen to it, and I felt like it was drawing me back to my, mm-hmm. oh, you know. Meanwhile, Jesus is like transforming; he's taking me somewhere, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it was this pull, and and so it 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 was an interesting time, and I I know I felt my end to get into the the country music scene. I was taking voice lessons with Judy Rodman, who wrote "One Way Ticket" by Liane Rhymes, and um, I just. Loved it. I loved in the lessons. I loved the thought of like maybe being able to write together and, um, and talking about that. And just, I, I loved her teaching style. And, mm-hmm. um, the only thing is, you know, it's like $60 a, a, a week for lessons. And mm-hmm. at that time, you know, there was a lot going on and, yeah. um, but the, it just really came down to, I was wrestling with, am I, why am I, why am I doing this? Why do I want this so much? Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, and I remember even asking her like, is it wrong to like want to be famous or is it wrong to want to, to really want to make it or like my thought of successful, I was always a big, like my thought is if you're going to do it, like do it all the way, you know, Mm -hmm. go big or go home, you know. And so I, but a part of it, one thing that I really took to heart that she said, it's like it's about your motive, you know, it's your mm-hmm. motives, like, why do you want to do it? And mm-hmm. so it got me thinking, and there was a lot of things wrapped up, and I wanted significance, but then I would think about, well, if I was successful, I want to do more good, you know, there's, yeah. so there was a lot of good things wrapped right, up in there, right. but I think my heart had so much to prove, I think, mm-hmm. as well, but, it, so that was a big day when I had quit lessons, and well, what, just could what go
1: st- <laughs> What stands out in what you shared is, like, sometimes we do have this big dream or this big goal and we have this plan mapped out for how we think we're going to get there but God having our best interest at heart just loves us so much at the core level that he heals us along the way and sometimes allows us to go through this journey that feels like it's a zigzag like (laughs) here 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 but really it's the better journey because if you just go from here to here there's not always that healing that we need but he allows the zigzags and that Journey and process he takes us on creates that that healing and he in the end he gives us the better like we think we know what we want but he gives us the better in the end so mm, I just so good. I love that you shared that and it points back to even a deeper conversation that I know I've even had on my own like when I desire things like God what's my deeper desire like I think I want this but what's really the underlying heart thing that I really need and, and sometimes in that searching I realize okay this is I don't need that, I actually need you to heal me here, because that's not gonna fulfill. And so even in your story of, I, I noticed the conversation shifted when you were saying like you wanted to be in the music industry, but as Christ refined your heart, you saw this need for there to be even artistry where songs are told that are, that are coming from like a positive place and not just all wrapped up in the garbage of Hollywood and the music industry you know, that's glamorizing things that really aren't heart-fulfilling, like your desire was to present music that, you know, pointed people cl- people closer to God or just even helped them to think on a more positive level. And I'm probably not wording that correctly, but maybe you can kind of speak to that too because you yeah. saw, like, that dark side
0: of the industry and what that did. Right. Well, it's interesting too because I really feel, you know, without the encounter of God, I, I could have... Who knows what I would have done to make it to the top just because my heart, I was just like easily manipulate you know and and not strong my values my core and my resolve hadn't been developed and but what's fascinating when you were talking about the zigzag of life and I'm like yeah it's it's really interesting how what is I'm thinking you know delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart and I think our desires can shift so many times but it's interesting like if we keep that one thing constant like we can flush through we can do something and experience something and then realize what our true desire was in it and therefore Mm -hmm. it may shift and look something different so I'm thinking about even the time going like when we went out on the cruise ship this would have been our our second time I maybe to give context it's funny because I had quit listening to secular music and I'm like all in with God. I was still all of them with God, but then my husband had the idea, like, let's go work on a cruise ship. And I'm like, what? Sing secular songs? What? You know? <laughs> and as I've grown to the Lord, I'm realizing he, the line of the sacred and secular. Like, he's worthy of it all, you know? Yeah. And not to be so, like, religious about it. Mm-hmm. But there is a real separation time when you know your heart's entangled. Yeah. But we are called to go into So that's that desire. you said, like, what does that look like? This yeah. burning desire to, like, go and bring light where there's darkness. And to me, I saw a big problem with our entertainment industry. And mm-hmm. it was, like... I think I, I won't mention the artist, but I just saw this video that that was up and it was like literally they're welcoming spirits into their mm. body where they perform and I'm like so much satanic stuff and I'm like, mm-hmm. and our kids just like are inundated. Yep. There's like real artists that are putting albums together and inviting witches and voodoo mm-hmm. like to to send the demons of lust. Like literally that sounds crazy, but this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's, you know it's just filtrating yeah you know so it just really broke broke my heart and kind of stares up a righteous indignation it's like no yeah. you know and so the the journey with that of this line of secular secular has has been an interesting one like i said it was funny i'm like no i'm not going to do this and then aaron has this idea you know about working on cruise ships cuz he had done it before we got married mm-hmm. so we went out but it was a very short jaunt we went out and of course you can choose your songs like are we going to sing about adultery? You know, there's right, right. like, so you're choosy about what you're singing. Um, just bring good music, you know, with decent yes. messages. So what the desire that came out, why I was so drawn to songwriting, I think, was creating uh, a message, the message behind songs and what you're awakening or how your words can impact a heart. Mm. So I think that's what I discovered in that journey. Because So we go out on the ship where we literally get fired. We get let go. Like um, It was crazy because God opened the door in a a supernatural way, and then we get out there. But really, we realize now, then we got repositioned to Burlington, and Mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting. Finally, going into that assignment more clearly now. But going back, here we are. um, How many years later? Was it eight years later? The Lord literally has us go back out on the cruise ship. Same Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. out of all the doors to open back up. Because we had just had a word in some direction that we're not regressing, but there's greater gold to get out of it. So this was mm-hmm. when we shifted out of full time ministry. We went back on the the cruise ship together. But mm-hmm. this was interesting for me because for that eight years, I had just I loved um you know I loved to sing, but I would just worship God, and that's where I felt mm-hmm. alive. I was where I felt peace and mm-hmm. and just this the creativity and the the presence of God and just this ah, I loved it. Of course, I had more things I wanted to see happen, but just being in that I love doing that but when we went back on the ship it was just I'm you know I'm a wife I'm a mother and Aaron's working the job this this time around Mm -hmm. and I'm not and so I'm sitting there just really I would I was kind of sitting with like my purpose and some of the stuff that began to stir at that time was Mm -hmm. songwriting I would worship in my room but write songs and just really I was praying into like what does it look like for the sacred and secular and like how do you show up in the entertainment mountain and Mm -hmm. like to make a difference and and so that's really where things begin to dig up of, like, I, I still had that desire, like, to be an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and really, what was important about it was the mission behind it, Yeah. you know? So that was interesting. I mean, you sat with me when we did the Sal's interview, mm-hmm. uh, Sal Oliveri, Oliver. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the two. <laughs> it's an Italian name. It. <laughs> What's fascinating, I mean, even one thing he pointed out, because there's some people that just want to do it. You want to do it for different reasons, and he saw that it was more of a mission, I mean, I could go a hundred different ways with this, but at that point, so that was just a part of this refining the desires. Cause as I did this and I think we launched like, so it was like really exciting for me when, you know, I even got reacquainted with Judy Rodman before we did these recordings and just with lessons. And so it was kind of just really a, a special time of preparing. And then this feeling of like, Oh, I've always wanted to do something like this. And now I'm I'm getting t- to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so recording, we I think it was 2019, we recorded a song through Sal, and Sal just, you know, it just it was exciting because you know he had recorded Pink Love Me Anyways, and it wasn't just about mm-hmm. name dropping, but it was the quality. Mm-hmm. And like I just always want to have like something radio quality, you right. know, just yeah. something quality to put out. And so that's where we we recorded a song. But what was funny is so we do all this, it's all this excitement of launching, and then. We have our, in our hometown, the Capitol Theater, and it's like, yay, we're going to launch our song first time, you know, mm-hmm. and just feel like some excitement and momentum. We even did the little radio thing, and it was like, um, so fun, but it was just interesting because not too long after that, you know, 2020 hits, yeah, and it was like, going through this, it, it really, I mean, it, I guess it goes back to like, I'm, I'm still delighting myself in the Lord, and then he's giving me the desires of my heart, and I'm realizing that, it may, it may not look like how I thought it was going to look, you know, mm-hmm. and so, and part of that happened by the, all of a sudden the people I'm meeting at that time, mm-hmm. I think that's when we met, you guys had the Live Your Purpose conference and it was mm-hmm. just like being awakened again to, um, you know, here we are, we're on the ship, but we always wanted to like, Lord, you're going to give us favor and let us funnel the blessing. We want to see an impact in an area. We want to have a home base. And mm-hmm. so we always kind of felt like it would be Burlington. So anyways, that was kind of reawakened in that time. And really, it came down for me in 2020. And of course, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. But I just, when I honestly, when I think back to that year, I think of it was a year like where I'm down. I'm on my face a lot. Mm-hmm. There was like, it was almost problems on all ends. You know, and yeah. it just like laying down. Like if there's nothing, like what? Okay, Lord, my... My whole heart to be a light into that would ultimately be. I, I want to lead people to you. Yeah. You know, so it really came to that refining of that, of, you know, can it's much for the king to be done if I did that. Cause, and part of it almost felt like after a while, like I wanted. You know, is this something I'm just? I want. I want. It. And yeah. you know, and feeling like I'm having to force it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really came down to, but I, I think there is still a, there's a busting through, you know? And mm-hmm. I, But, and I look back to this, like all the things that are opening up now when it happened if we would to take a steps because the, the door's open to a relationship. And it really brought us back to where the things we're launching into now.
1: Yeah, it yeah. sounds like, you know, when obviously you came to Christ, and then when you had that period of isolation on the boat, God really started to solidify mission in your heart and then 2020 happens and I sounds like mm-hmm. the mission even went deeper like he was even drilling down even deeper in the mission because I know the things that you've talked about even in the last year are very much like I know you love history I know you love learning and talking about like things from a prophetic perspective and mm-hmm. uh, so can you kind of talk to even like that mission that you feel like has been building even in the last year
0: yeah well I <laughs> the reality of our nation on the brink like really awoken in me like um like the only hope is christ and the most powerful thing on the earth is the church and so a call to prepare the body of christ you know when i say an end time army i'm not just meaning like hunker down jesus is coming back i think that has been like that's true like that puts the fear of the lord like live like jesus can come back tomorrow i mean heck live like you can die tomorrow you know in that sense of of, of wisdom be engaged do what's do what's right you know mm-hmm. have a clear, clear conscience before the Lord and it really that had been a word he'd spoke to me before but I didn't really quite understand it um, but in the context of where the world is now um, we don't know when Jesus is coming back but for me it's more like I think of when he comes it says will he find faith on the earth mm-hmm. and we're called to occupy so there's like an offense like the church I feel like it's more of a defense things that we've seen. That's why we went out into the mountain because we felt like, man, we can't just sit around right. all the salt sitting together. You know, like yeah. we need to be sprinkled in the in the world so we can add the the flavor and the aroma of Christ. And yeah. so it just it came to that point to me when I think of um, raising up an end time army. Now is that we're awakened, we're alive, we're walking in purpose. We are occupying until he comes. The kingdom is advancing. Like, we're not mm-hmm. just, you know. So that yeah. stuff got me really excited. And there is some people, like, going into all these areas. But for me, it was a refining back to, you know, even even seeing, like, my Facebook posts. Now, like, I'm, if I'm not speaking of Christ, like, it's just become such a part of me now, mm-hmm. you know. And, and yeah. even that, it's just interesting, the process of getting to there where I'm openly sharing and I'm not afraid. But ultimately... I know, you know, for a, a nation that's struggling so bad, it's like just Christ is the answer, and I feel like mm-hmm. I've experienced that, and now any way I can just continue to walk out my purpose in that way, which just seems like an
1: yeah. ever-unfolding
0: right, journey. Right, but
1: Yeah. No, I love the passion f- through, like, which you speak, where God is just stirring and cultivating these things in your heart. And so if I just, like, think back from the very beginning of what you shared even to now, there's just been like this journey laced with just like inner healing and just bringing, bringing the better and bringing the good. And so if you think back on like, what are some of the highlighted Mm. themes that God's brought forth out of what I've walked through? Like, what would you say some of those
0: highlighted themes would be?
1: Hmm.
0: Is let God define success. Mm. And the greatest treasure is hearing his voice. So
1: one of the questions I always like to ask people, especially towards the end, is what would you say? What would you say to somebody who's struggling with what do I do with the fact that I've had this original dream or vision for my life, but it's just not either unfolding the way that I thought that it would, or the struggle's making me second guess everything, or it's just a struggle and what do I do with that with the wrestling of what where I always thought I would be at this point.
0: Yeah, I think ultimately it's a matter of, like, what's the greatest treasure? Where your treasure is there, your heart yeah. will be off. And, and I know we want to put our heart in all of our our work and create something and have success. But definitely let the Lord define mm-hmm. success. And what's interesting, because I when you said that, I was just seeing the picture of, you know, when you're holding on to something so much, mm-hmm. it's like when God has something you know, better yeah. behind his back. But also there's something about um, being free from the. Forcing and and really, I mean, if you're a born again believer, we enter the rest of God. Like everything comes from the central treasure, like Jesus is center, and we're, we're we like worship. And where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So it's like trusting that. So we're not just gripping and getting our way there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beautiful part about that is. I think also not being afraid, and this was one thing Jeff Allgood had said that stuck with me because it was right before we went on the the ship the second time, um, which was kind of scary a little bit because we were just going from full-time ministry to, you know, going, it was a big change. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was not just looking at everything like right and wrong, like left and right, but Mm. this way, um, like heaven to earth, and like we're moving with him. And so if I know God is with me in my heart, you know, if I'm keeping that, he's going to yeah. keep me straight you know um so that you know it's less about am i going to get it wrong am i am i making the wrong choice you know cuz when especially when you're going yeah. into something new am i making the wrong choice but yeah. it's more like i know he's with me and there's and so that's really put you on the place of discovery then so that's mm-hmm. how we're able to do these steps and do these things but then ultimately you have to watch your heart cuz your heart can shift you know mm-hmm. like i'm holding more onto this you know it's just yeah. going back to that thing and um And letting the success, like letting God, I guess, define success because He, uh, it's more than we can think or imagine. Because I think even our greatest ideas, and I've always thought this and had this faith in the back of my mind, like no matter how long it takes to get something or no matter what I'm doing, like there's always a sense of when God, when there's a destiny, when it's time, Mm -hmm. God can do something more in a day than it it took you 10 years to do. So um, but if it's all, if we're fully integrated, right? It's so everything is going to work out for good because we're building in the character, the, just everything we need to walk into what that is. Yeah, I love that. And so last
1: question, um, what are you excited to talk about or live about in this season of life? Like what, what excite, what, because I know that you are somebody that like dives deep in the word and God's just revealing new things in you and just really revealing, I feel like, Really impactful, just like life messages in what he's drawing out of you know your time with him. So, what is what is something like exciting that you love to talk
0: about? Right now, I'm really passionate to see how our faith, um, our lives, our prayers, literally becoming manifesting, like literally becoming. A person transformed a family transformed a city transformed and so like regional breakthrough um, because when a regions breakthrough I imagine like on the state level like what how does that shift to state and then the nation like so it's just the expanse of the realms of influence and um, I've really been passionate just about Ephesians 3:10 that Paul would talk about now is the time for the church to to display, to make known to the principalities and powers in the air, the manifold wisdom of God. And so there's this desire in me to just dig in his word. And so even through my testimony, like I said, there's been this time through experience. Like the word has been the guide, but there's also been like like where God, you open the Bible and can hear from God. But then there are those moments where like you're here in your heart, you're hearing, you're hearing from him. And it's this... Just those precious thing. it just changes you it changes you and so i'm passionate about the individual getting that because every like if everybody just realized the impact they want one, one person can have because it all stems mm-hmm. from there and so even the um so that's really what i'm passionate about right now is the prophetic de- destinies the words that have been spoken over region like literally we're breaking through we're getting our promised land and um, another scripture that's been talking to me a lot is in Isaiah, but it talks about, he says, I call you Hephzibah and your land Beulah, for my delight is in you and your land shall be married. So Hepsibah means my delight is in you and Beulah means uh, bride or married. And so there's, that's that same desire of who God says he is, the goodness of God, like knowing him. And then that, but it makes a difference where we live. Mm -hmm. like we we will have tangible fruit so it just encourages me that um, we're a covenant people and our land will reflect that and if it means we stand firm until we see that shift because fruitfulness will come and god will be glorified awesome i love that we're ending on that so
1: thank you so much for tuning into this episode i have to give a disclaimer my dog was walking around this whole episode so grandma daisy grandma daisy (laughs) the clip clopping that i'm probably not going to be able to edit out but i know there was so much goodness that was shared in this episode that clip clap or not you're gonna just like receive so much from this so thank you so much for tuning in and looking forward to talking to you on the next episode of the called forth podcast thanks for having me don yes that's all we've got for this episode of the called forth podcast one thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at www.dontown.com. That's D A W N T O W N E.com. And on social media. And please just share. Share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, you have been called forth.